message. Um, the message this morning is called Lord of All. And this will be from the book. It's called Worship in the Right Key if you're, if you're looking for it later. It says, in the late 19th century, there lived a young man who became the prototype of the sports superstar. His name was C.T. Studd. <clears throat> and he was the greatest cricket player in England. He may have been the first athlete whose name became a household word. While he was studying and playing cricket at Cambridge, Studd gave his life to Christ after hearing D.L. Moody preach a revival. C.T. Studd made a wholesale, absolute dedication of his life to the cause of Christ, wherever he might be led and whatever the cost might be. He and the Cambridge Seven, as they were known, were like today's Athletes in Action movement. They traveled everywhere using their sporting fame to speak for Christ and winning impressive numbers of converts. Studd went to China and later to India as a missionary. It was in China that he, he received word that he had inherited a substantial financial fortune. And I'm sure as all of us would do, immediately he donated all of it to the works of Jesus Christ. Studd could have lived a life of comfort and wealth, trading off his youthful fame. But he didn't see that as his deepest worship. Just before Studd left for China, he spoke at a great meeting. There was a young preacher in the crowd named F.B. Meyer, already well on his way to becoming one of the great Christian scholars and ministers of the day. Meyer was profoundly moved by the testimony he heard that evening. It wasn't the words he explained, but the demeanor here in C.T. Studd. He saw for the first time in his life a man utterly and unreservedly committed to Christ. After the meeting, he sought out the athlete and said, Young man, you have something I lack and something I need. That's more than obvious, but I can't put my finger on it. Could you tell me? C.T. Studd knew he was speaking to a great man, a very prominent figure in Christian circles. But he didn't hesitate in his reply. He said, have you surrendered everything to Jesus Christ? So here he is, you know, confronting somebody that's a pastor, somebody that's already revered in the Christian you know, what realm? F.B. Meyer thought for a moment and said that, yes, he felt reasonably certain he'd done that. Then he turned and left, even as a little voice in the back of his mind kept rebuking him, telling him he hadn't answered the question with integrity. When he arrived at home, he went straight to his bedroom and fell on his knees. The prayers and deep emotions flooded forth from his soul, but he listened too to see what God might say. And it seemed to Meyer that the Lord walked right into the room and spoke to him. The Lord held out his hand and said, Meyer, I need them all. I need the keys to your heart. Meyer began to have it out with God, but the empty hand still confronted him. Finally, in his vision, Meyer reached into his pocket, withdrew a great ring of keys, and handed them over. He waited while they were counted, one by one. But the Lord looked up finally, and said, there's one missing. I asked you for all of them. He turned and walked out the door. Meyer called after him, wait, Lord, where are you going? Please don't leave me. The Lord smiled sadly upon him and replied, if I'm not Lord of all, Meyer, then I'm not Lord at all. But Lord, it's just a small key, just one among a great ring of them, just one. If I'm not Lord of all, repeated the Lord, I'm not Lord at all. 
with great desperate weeping, F.B. Meyer agreed to turn over that last tiny key. He surrendered everything he was, everything he had, and everything he might ever be to his Lord. And from that day on, the Lord began to use Meyer as he never had before, as he used few people, to state it frankly. The Holy Spirit came and brought incredible power to that ministry. And the sermons and books of F.B. Meyer are still bearing fruit to this very day, a century and a half later. Like Abraham, Meyer saw generations yet unborn blessed by the goodness of God because of his act of complete, painfully sacrificial worship. The final shining key of worship is a statement from your lips that says, Lord, there is nothing in my life I love more than you. There is nothing I will hold back. There is no person or thing I'm not willing to leave behind. I surrender all. He already has the key to your church involvement. He wants a skeleton key that opens every single door to any compartment of your life. I can't tell you the greatness of the splendor of his opening all those dark doors and letting in his light and glory. All I can do for you is express my joy and take your hand as the Apostle Andrew did for his brother and say, come and see. So I have a few questions for you this morning to start off. It says, do we make God our Lord of everything in every part of our lives? Are we holding something back, some area of our life? Are we holding any of that back from him? I like to follow the calves. And when they're good to the playoff times, they've had that slogan, all in, right? Are we all in for God? Or are we just all in on Sunday mornings or when we get together with, with certain people? Or are we all in for him when we're doing whatever it is we're doing with our life? We're not afraid to wear our team shirts no matter where we go, right? But are we afraid to wear our Team Jesus shirt? Wherever we go, C.T. Studd, being a prominent athlete, wasn't afraid. Are we afraid to wear our Team Jesus wherever we go? There's a song last week, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I really like the part that says after that, it says, no turning back. When the disciples were asked by Jesus to follow him, Jesus was asking them to be all in. And Jesus requires the same from us. As we find in Mark 8, 34 through 36, and is also restated almost exactly word for word in Matthew 16, 24 to 26. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? And forfeit his soul. It's not always easy to give everything to God all of the time. Satan's at hard at work trying to make sure of that. He does not want to see us giving everything to God all of the time. There are chains that are going to bind us when we're not giving everything to God. We saw the skit. Like they, they were being bound. That person was being bound by these chains. They're not free. You're not truly free until those chains are broken. And we cannot break the chains of sin ourselves. We can only break them by giving them to God to break for us. Giving them to Jesus to break for us. We cannot do it ourselves. 
And as Christians, we have to be on guard at all times, making sure other things don't take God's place in our lives. Our priorities have to be set right. As we were going over the lesson with with the youth recently, we decided to put together a list of things that we could come up with to hold people back. And we're going to go through this list here. So one of them they came up with was movies. Like, not all movies are bad. We do know that there are some movies that you probably shouldn't be watching because you can fill your head with a bunch of weird things. The boyfriend or girlfriend can take the place of God sometimes, and later on even your spouse. Because, you know, especially when you get married, you get very close to your spouse. But you still have to make sure God's number one. The Internet and what types of things we're looking at on the Internet. The phones and other electronic devices. So, as a side note, ever try to take a phone away from one of the teenagers? It can be scary sometimes, all right? I'm just saying. Um, How about video games? Friends, your friends, especially if you aren't careful with the friends that you're hanging out with. Those can be things that you put in front of God or the things you're doing with your friends. Free time. Free free time. Yeah, free time. They said free time. I don't know a whole lot about free time. I learned very young from my dad about free time that if you have free time and you say things like I'm bored, you don't have any free time anymore because he would find something. And not only would he find something, he'd give you a list. So there was no no free time. (laughs) All right, and what about the music you're listening to? Are we plugging into Christian music? There's some, we now have a number of different Christian radio stations that we can listen to. Sleep. Again, they have some time to get sleep, and maybe a lot of it. I have young kids, that doesn't always happen for me. Um, how about appearance? Some people put appearance so high. Your attitude. Yeah, that was very high for my, on my list when I was looking at some of the youth, yeah. The attitudes of teenagers can sometimes be um, different. Um, a tongue. Are we holding our tongue and controlling what our thoughts and what we're saying? Sports can be put in front of, you already said. Family, especially when you have younger kids. The, the kids can be very dependent and need you. But you've got to make sure you keep God at the focus of that. Your money. You know, sometimes you can put money. It's very easy to put money in front of God, right? School. And work. We'll discuss those a little bit more in a minute. Now, there's some other things that we didn't listen that we uh, that we didn't list. They might be things that you can add to that list. That the things that's going to hold you back in your life. Satan's going to attack a thing that's going to be the weak point for you. You're going to have to figure out what that is, because and be on guard of that at all times. <coughs> so. As I was preparing this sermon, I realized that a lot of these came down to it being ourselves that we're really putting in front of God. What we're really putting in front of God here is our will instead of having his will number one in our lives. And sometimes that's very hard to do, to make sure that we keep God in front of us at all times. So when you're trying to be on guard... The best way you can do that is by thinking about that full armor of God in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. You want to make sure that you have all of those with you. Don't leave any of those out. Now let's keep things in perspective. I'm not saying that all sports are bad or all movies are bad or anything like that. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is how are we prioritizing these things? How are we prioritizing these things in our lives? Are we more worried about what's our team's doing later today when we're here to worship God? Are we more worried about 
you know, money, our money issues right now. Family and friends are a great thing to have. So I'm not saying those things are bad either. And it's always good to have some money, especially when you need to cover your, you know, living expenses. You have to have those. But when we play sports, are we doing it to make ourselves look good? Are we doing it to glorify God? I've told the youth before, you know, like if you're going to play a sport, do it to the best of your ability. Put it in practice time, but don't do it to make yourself look good. Do it to glorify God. Do it to honor him and let Jesus shine through you when you're doing those things. Same thing when you're at school or work. When you're at school, do the best. Get the best grade you can. Not so you can say, hey, I have better grades than you. But you can say, I'm using the abilities God gave me to the best that I can. Same thing at work. When you date or get married, is God prevalent in those relationships? Because we know that if you take God out of that relationship, whether it's, you know, married or just friends or whatever, you take love out of that relationship. Because we know, as is stated in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. So another story here brought to you from Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 through 23. Some of you may remember this from the rich young ruler. And someone came to him and said, teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? He said to him, why are you asking me about what's good? There's only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not commit adultery, or murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept, what am I still lacking? Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell all your possessions and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. I do find it funny when Jesus first go, went through this list, that he didn't mention the first and greatest commandment. When he first went through this list, he didn't say, you know, you shall have no other gods, because he knew and as only Jesus can, he's the only one that had the insight and authority that he could speak this way to someone. That he said, you know, go and sell all your possessions. Because he knew what was Lord in his life. And he challenged them on it. Jesus was not afraid to challenge people on things. We know that. We see that over and over again throughout Jesus' ministry. And we saw that rich young ruler follow most of God's laws. Are we going to be one of the people who follow most of God's laws? Are we going to be searching in our hearts to find out if there's something that we need to change about our lives so that we can follow all of God's laws and be completely committed to him in all that we do? We are called to. Exodus 23. You shall have no other gods before me. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You have to do that. So this reminds me of a skit. Oh, Jesus and me. Maybe many of you have probably seen this skit. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it. So it starts off with a, with a, a boy. He was sitting there praying. 
And, you know, he's kind of noncommittal in his prayer. Pretty soon you see Jesus walk in and put his arm on his shoulder. And that's Jesus letting him know that, you know, I'm there for you. So the boy starts doing some things in his life. And Jesus is following him around throughout this whole skit no matter what he's doing. And the boy goes, to, goes and does, you know, maybe he goes and hangs out with friends. And, you know, Jesus is there. And then he goes out and he goes to the movies. Jesus is there. You know, kind of making the boy a little uneasy. Well, it gets to a point, and the boy wants to go do something, but he doesn't really want Jesus there for that thing. So he asks Jesus, you know, Jesus, stay here. I need to go do something. So he goes to go, and pretty soon, yeah, Jesus is following him again. He said, no, no, Jesus, no, no. You stay here. I'm going to go take care of something. I'll be back. I'll get you when I come back. And he tries to go, and Jesus is following him again. And he's like, look, Jesus, that's not going to work for me. So what I need you to do is stay here. And in the skit, pretty soon you see the boy put Jesus' arms up, nail one up, nail the other one up. In just the same way that Jesus died for our sins, we nailed him to the cross. Yeah, you might say that it was the Pharisees, but he had to die for our sins. So it really comes down to us. Each one of us has, has to make this choice to follow Jesus for ourselves. No one else can make this decision for you. Your parents cannot make this decision for you. Your friends cannot make this decision for you. Your kids cannot make this decision for you. You have to make this decision to follow Christ. And not just follow Christ, but to really, really want to have that relationship with Christ. To have him be Lord of all. You have to make that decision yourself. You can be encouraged by other people, but it comes down to your decision. This is extremely prevalent when I'm coming through with youth group. Because a lot of times they think, oh, my grandfather's a pastor. Or, you know, my uncle's a pastor. Or something along those lines. Well, that's not going to get you into heaven. That's not going to help you to have that relationship. That's not going to give you that relationship with Christ. That won't do it. We have, to have, we have to give all of those areas of our life to Jesus to break our chains. We have to give it all. We have to follow Jesus. We have to surrender all. When we make God our Lord of all, only then will our chains be broken and we will be set free. We have to freely give all of our life to him, to love him, to trust him. The only way to do that is to surrender all. As our music leaders are coming up here to sing our final song, I'm going to invite our elders to come forward and be, if anybody, while we're singing this last song, I surrender all. If you have something that might be holding you back from giving your whole life to God, I invite you to come up here. Come to the altar or, or sit on the front pew. And ask God to take that last thing that might be, or that area of your life that you, maybe you haven't decided to fully give, that you're going to decide to fully commit your life to him today. Please do that. Oh, go ahead and stand up, please.
Kevin, Pastor Kevin Coy's message, and now we have the benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, be all for all time and now and forever. Lord God, we ask you bless and be with us as we go. Lord God, guide us as we strive to walk with you daily, to make you Lord of all, 
to surrender all. You know our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.